everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jumper Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how you going, mate? I'm going pretty well. Um, bit of a quiet week for me, but um, I think you'll have plenty to talk about. We're actually playing games. I haven't been playing any. <laughs> um, I have lots to talk about, though, with the news this week. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a special week, uh, you know, for folks at home who may not be aware. Um, Maybe if you want to shed a little bit of light on why this week has been so special. Yeah, it is um, Transgender Awareness Week this week. Um, I think this this episode, there's a chance this episode comes out after um, it ends because it goes from Monday to Friday, um, ending on the 19th. Mm-hmm. But, um, ah, but, you yeah. know, still want to make... Um, I, I mean, it's currently in the week as we're recording, so it counts. <laughs> so, yeah, so we just wanted to put out a little bit of a... Um, what do you call it? I don't know. PSA. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, um, yeah, just to start off, trans lives are human lives, trans women are women, and trans men are men, black trans lives matter. And for those listening, if you're trans, non-binary, or non-conforming, please that know that you're loved and respected. If you're not, please try to acknowledge and be aware of the difficult world and era we live in and do... Um, do what you can to make the lives and well-being of the trans community a little bit safer, easier, and respectful wherever you can, whenever you can. Um, so, on, like on the topic of games, there's like, like you know, they're becoming more common. Like games about trans stories and transness. Like two most mm-hmm. prominent recently are Celeste and Tell Me Why, um, which I think are both mm-hmm. the, on Game Pass. If you have that, uh, actually, I think Celeste might not be on there anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> but the Tell Me Why oh, definitely yeah. is. If you you know need yeah. a cheaper entryway into it. Um, very considerate of transness and trans experience um, and very focused on it. Although Celeste is sort of a, um, oh, the ending at least is, as I understand it. Um, and while itch.io or itch.io, it's kind of a haven for trans positive games and experiences if you're interested in kind of seeing more. So um, me personally, I'll be trying harder to do my part and hope you will too, whatever form that takes. And um, yeah, hmm. just wanted to spread a bit of awareness out there for whoever's listening. Yeah, and and just want to let everyone know, you know, Double Jump is a safe place for pretty much every community, um, no matter you know if you're part of the LGBTIQ plus uh, community, uh, trans, or if you're you know from different racial backgrounds, creeds. Like you know, we we try to think that we're a welcoming place and. We, you know, we're always learning. Maybe we've made missteps before, but uh, what we'd like to do is have a open dialogue and and make sure that we're learning and that we develop together because we're all human, but we all have our differences, and we should celebrate and respect our differences instead of sweeping things under the rug and just and um, you know, and then forgetting that our differences are what m- makes us so unique, and we should respect them. Yeah, definitely. But um, mm. yeah, so we'll leave it at that because yeah. neither of us um, identify, identify within this trans. group. Um, yeah, trans or otherwise. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so we'll just leave it at that and get on to other things. Yeah, I guess I could, um, like on a related note, uh, you know, I've been playing a couple of the big releases from this past week and Halo Infinite, uh, I think was one of the notable ones because uh, 
Halo Infinite does away with gender identification in in the game. Uh, there's yeah. essentially just three types of uh, character models, uh, like lanky, standard, and stocky. Yeah. And you can choose from male or female sounding voices, and there's no like, uh, like female male names or anything like that. I think it's it makes sense. You're you're in you're never outside of the suit. So who who once you put on the the armor, you're a Spartan. That's all that matters. So it kind of makes sense in the lore as well. You know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hopefully other games can embrace that. Yeah, it's always really cool to see those like little you know little pushes forward. On these kind of subjects, like in within like larger yeah. games, it's like they might not mean mean like the biggest deal, or they might not like change lives in a radical way, but you know they're like inching the world forward in a positive way, which is always appreciated. Yeah, but um, exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, yeah, with Halo Infinite, what do you thought of the beta so far, or the multiplayer, like the surprise release, which we'll yeah, so, get into later. <laughs> okay, so last week I talked about how uh, the big release coming up was um, Battlefield twenty forty two. Right, so Battlefield 2042 uh, went into uh, went live for you know premium, ultimate edition owners, and you know people who paid for like the EA Play kind of early preview. So the game officially releases publicly on the 19th, but it came out last uh, on the 12th last Friday for pretty much everyone else. And yeah, I was throughout the weekend playing a few rounds here and there with uh, with someone, one of my mates who I haven't played, you know played Battlefield with since Battlefield 4, so, like, you know, talking, like, a handful of years now, and um, I I was having a lot of fun with it, really enjoyed it, I know it's full of bugs, it, it's it's kind of glitchy, it's a Battlefield game, so they always launch really, like, kind of buggy, but this one, I definitely still hold the opinion that it needs to, <laughs> I think it needs to cook for a little bit longer, and, you know, it it feels like a battlefield. It looks like a battlefield. The crazy gameplay is awesome. Um, I love that now. Uh, the that Dice has borrowed from Respawn Entertainment's kind of intros to Titlefall matches. Like you're basically coming on a helicopter. Everyone jumps off uh, onto the ground, and you you kind of it, it's it's amazing when you see like the initial round rush of 64 players versus another team of 64 players. Everyone's jumping into vehicles and running and you know, it's a lot of shouting from the characters and stuff. It's 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 really cool, but you know the lack of voice chat at launch is definitely missed. The okay. um, hit registration is a bit iffy. Um, the scoreboard is weird because there's no more like um, y- you're not kind of like ranked in your team anymore. You're kind of just ranked in your squad and things like that. Like there's there's a few questionable choices that are being made there, and I've only really played the conquest mode because that's kind of the bread and butter for the battlefield series. Um, but you know. So far, like I've enjoyed what I played, um, and then yeah, oh, sorry. yeah, like <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> oh, sorry, but it's just like um, have you thought? Do you feel much different about the game now as opposed to the beta you played before? Um, I definitely think I I I I'm enjoying it more now that there are more players in servers versus kind of the bots that were filling in the multiplayer games. Um, and obviously playing with a friend makes it so much better. Like right. the thing about Battlefield is that it can be pretty boring if you're just playing by yourself and your squad's not talking, there's nothing happening because it's basically just, you just hear gun, like, I guess it, then it becomes something like a podcast game where you just kind of like, it's just, you're passing time, but right. playing with someone, it, it becomes so much more fun. And I think 
the other game uh, that I played following that is kind of the opposite, where it's 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 great playing by yourself, but even better when you're playing with people. So, uh, yeah, so I played, spent the weekend playing Battlefield, got, got a few hours in, and then come Tuesday, <laughs> uh, 343 Industries surprise launches the, like, open beta for Halo Infinite's multiplayer. And folks who at home, the, the official multiplayer is releasing next month. But um, there were all these rumors circulating that the multiplayer is actually kicking off now. And what 343 has done cleverly is that it's still technically a beta, but the season content has started. So it's kind of like that Apex Legends things of like, hey, we're out now. We're in beta. So yes, not everything's going to be perfect. But because we put a label of beta, a lot of people will forgive it. Whereas with Battlefield, it's a buggy game. But it's not a beta anymore. Yeah. It's a full release. Yeah, it's like right. Yeah, Halo is definitely not the first game to try that. And twenty forty two, I guess. Yeah, I guess they don't really have the exactly the, like the chance to use that excuse. Exactly, exactly. And so, I basically have dropped <laughs> like Battlefield twenty forty two, and just like now I'm just thinking about oh, when's the next time I can play Halo? Okay, <laughs> because Halo Infinite. Yes, it's still in a mult. It's still in quote quote-unquote beta but it feels super polished it runs well it looks great um it 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 feels good like the the thing about halo is that it's always had a very like halo games and and destiny kind of coming from the same pedigree of being a bungee made series has the same feel of like you know your hits feel solid your headshots feel great um there's great sense of movement like there's a weightiness to your character and things like that like but the thing with halo infinite is that it's it definitely feels like halo it's it it plays really well but what 343 industries has done is kind of sped up the movement like halo games have notoriously been slow like in law i guess it was like well you're your master chief you're in you're in a heavy battlesuit you're like you weigh about a ton like literally in law or something right so it, it makes sense that you couldn't really move fast and things like that, but it's like the game now is sped up to a certain extent that it doesn't feel slow. Um, the guns feel great, and there's only like like a handful of them, and they kind of fulfill the different archetypes. You know, you got the shotgun, the machine gun, the rocket launcher, the standard rifle, uh, but they all feel great. They sound great, and the pistol in this game, the I think it's called the sidekick, is freaking awesome. Like okay, it's it's like Halo One or style pistol where it's just a reliable gun. I was thinking about that like out of the blue. I don't know. It must have been when this was announced, but I was thinking about it for some reason <laughs> about like, oh man, the Halo <laughs> One pistol is cool. I don't. I haven't played Halo in so long. I don't know why it popped yeah. into my head. I, I guess aside from this news, <laughs> I guess. I was like, I didn't know that. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah, it feels great. Like it, it doesn't have like the crazy zoom. And the like the explosive rounds that the Halo One pistol has, but it's not far off. Like it, it feels very solid and it's very like reliable. And the thing, the thing to compare versus Halo versus Battlefield is that in Battlefield, because the hit registration is so unreliable, sometimes you're like, okay, I sh- did I miss that person because I was shooting badly and not controlling my recall, or was it because the game glitched out? Whereas in Halo, there's no bones about it. Like if you miss, like it's pretty much on you yeah 
Huh. Yeah. It's that's why like I've I've really enjoyed my time in Halo Infinite so far and like trying the different modes. Like whenever I played Halo when I was like like went to my friend's house and stuff when I was a kid, it, it, we always played Slayer. But in this like it kind of rotates through the different modes and it, they're, they're actually fun. It's actually fun playing objectives and uh like it, it it's crazy. I think this is like already like third or fourth like uh like number of like most concurrent like it's oh. already in the top 10 of most concurrent players yeah um, it's like i think on steam like last i saw which is i'm sure it's a fair bit higher now it's like two hundred fifty thousand on just on steam yeah yeah so it's like so i think it was like just behind dota or something yeah, like, like exciting few weeks for microsoft like with forza horizon yeah, as like, well exactly and and the thing is like forza horizon 5 last week we talked about that was like the best steam launch for an xbox like published game and then halo infinite has taken it over in like a week yeah <laughs> kind of curious what the stats are gonna be because like they're releasing the multiplayer free to play and they're doing it early and the game doesn't come out until like three weeks from now or three or four weeks yeah. and it's just like yeah i think it's like december 9th yeah. or december 8th they're gonna be for the campaign yeah I'm kind of, I mean, mm. I don't, and it's going to be on Game Pass too. So it's just like the sales yeah. is going to be something we're probably not going to hear much about from officially from them no. unless it's like crazy good, regardless, which I guess is yeah. possible for Halo. But um, yeah, anyway, it's. Yeah, it, it feels great. And because and it's free to play, like, like it, it's kind of like I was reading articles and stuff about it. Like, it, it's. It's weird seeing that dichotomy between a battlefield, you know, we're going to release a, a game at like 60 or 70 Australian, sorry, US dollars, about $100 Australian, plus there's an extra like, you know, content packs that you can, you know, that you download, that, that you pay for to access early, blah, 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 and then Halo comes out free to play, Apex Legends is free to play, Call of Duty Warzone is free to play, like, it's... Yeah, because that Warzone I, thing is like, that yeah. seems to be hitting sales in at least UK, because they're hitting like a yeah. major slump. Like UK sales are always going down because it's yeah. always retail. But it's just like, yeah. it really yeah. does seem to be trending down <laughs> whenever there's yeah, not. Yeah, Vanguard's like tanking in the UK. Yeah, so it's like, I'm sure it's doing Sorry, well. Sorry, Call of Duty Vanguard, that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm sure it's doing well enough like digitally, you know, relatively. But it's just like, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like Warzone, it's like, that's not the first time I've heard it. Like I heard it last time too, like mm. on Cold War and um, it's just like, yeah. anyway, different topic. <laughs> yeah. So, like, those are the two games that, like, really have been on my mind this past weekend. And, like, damn it, Microsoft. I was I was going to spend, like, a good month with Battlefield. And then, you know, by the time you kind of, like, taper off a little bit, you, you jump into a new game, you try it out, and then you kind of settle into, like, your rhythm. It's like, okay, I want a quick game. I'll play Halo. Or I want a longer game. Or play with mates. I might play Battlefield. But now it's just, like, it's happening the same week. And I'm like... Ah, <laughs> you know, it's a, a good problem to have, I guess, if you're a gamer. Yeah, especially when one's free. Uh, that doesn't, or does or does not help. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. It's it's hard to, you know what I mean? Yes, you've got a time investment, but the free game is better polished than the $100 plus dollar game. Mm. So it, it's, it's, like, it, it's a bit tough. And yes, um, like, the, the annoying thing is, like, it's on Steam and it's on Xbox, the Xbox app. But it's the Xbox app is so annoying, and the way Microsoft, like you, I, I couldn't even find. Like when you download a game, when I downloaded Xbox, sorry, when I downloaded um Halo Infinite's multiplayer from 
the Xbox app on Windows, it didn't create a desktop shortcut. I had to literally Google how to find the shortcut so I could put it on the desktop. How how silly is that? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like thinking, oh, do I go, do I get it on Steam or do I get it on Xbox? And yes, I could get a higher resolution texture pack on the Xbox um, app, but then I'm like, you know what, the Steam one's more reliable and I'm sure that texture pack's going to come to Steam eventually anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's it's dumb things like that that make me, like make me um realize that you know steam does do a lot of things right yeah i feel like that's become more i don't know they like they're rolling out they're quite they quietly roll out these features to steam as a platform and now like steam decks coming up as well i feel like that was another one that kind of made me more aware of it it was just like i never had a huge problem with epic existing and what would they did mainly because like a lot of developers got paydays that really helped them so it's like, and it yeah. like pushed forward the idea of like smaller credit for platforms because 30% is a big yeah. credit to have, <laughs> like a share to take. Regardless, yeah. Steam is a, like yeah. it's, it's becoming clearer and clearer over time that it's just, man, Steam is in such a good place and <laughs> it, it's not getting any worse. It's always getting better, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I've got and, my point. <laughs> how, how ridiculous is it that, like, let, let's just think of the, the, just take a step back and think about it, right? Microsoft owns the Windows ecosystem, right? Like, majority of PC gaming, I bet 90-plus percent of PC gamers are on a Windows platform, right? Mm. Microsoft owns the Xbox ecosystem of, you know, four generations now of consoles, yet Microsoft couldn't figure out PC gaming to save its life. Yeah. yeah, cause <laughs> And it took Valve, the developer of, you know, like an obscure... Um, like sci-fi shooter game based on the Quake 3 engine and now is like a, you know, multi-billion dollar juggernaut. Like, it's crazy, right? Yeah, but people hated Steam when it first started from my oh, understanding. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. People always hate change, but look at it now. Then the same people who complained about Steam were probably the same people who complained about Epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But it's just yeah. like... Anyway. Yeah, yeah. We won't get into yeah. that too much. But it's like, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I always found that interesting. But yeah, John, what's happening on your side of things, man? Yeah, uh, I won't... I don't know. We'll see what I cover. Oh, no, I, yeah, I can go through it fast. Okay. Yeah, so this weekend, last weekend on Sunday... Oh, yeah, Sunday here. That's right. So the time zone stuff mm. gets me, me mixed up sometimes. Um, yeah. It was a All Elite Wrestling's Full Gear show. So they have like quarterly yeah. pay-per-views, like every like every yeah. three months-ish. So, but it's like four a year. And like this one was like the finale of like the major storyline or like the first, I was like the way it's been framed, like I talked about by others, like it's like the first act of the long-term story this promotion's built yeah. around is like ended with like the rise of a new champion. Um, it's a very, very okay. good show. It's like, I think it's like, uh, like the kind of the dominant thought, like the prevailing opinion of this show is that it's like mm. some of the best wrestling within like a single show, like, the most amount of like super high quality wrestling in a single show in like a long time. And their last one already kind of set the bar as well. <laughs> like from yeah. like, you know, two months ago, this was like all out 2021 um, was like, that was already acclaimed at a similar, on a similar level. And now this one's like, again, like just happening again. Yeah. Um, that was a good, very good show. I'm not sure I have too much to talk about. It's kind of like, I've like every time I bring it up on, this podcast thing is like okay how do i talk talk about wrestling to people who know nothing about it and i never get anywhere so i just kind of bring it up and move on um which i'll do now as well because well, i don't have much to say yeah. well all, all people got to know is that 
All Elite Wrestling is kind of the, the biggest competitor to WWE that's been around for a long time, and it's kicking goals is what it sounds like. That's that's all we really need to think about. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, um, yeah, good show. I'm kind of like, on a personal level, I'm like distancing myself a little bit from it because it's like, wrestling's mm-hmm. like kind of such a new fandom for me that I went like full bore into it, like way too fast even. Not in a really dangerous way, but I've, I started being really like feeling the effects of it a little bit lately <laughs> of, you know, like reading too many internet comments Fatigue. and like too many yep. kind of just like, uh, I don't know, negative opinions that I don't like reading because it makes me feel bad. And I'm only kind of realizing it lately. Yeah. And it's like, so I'm kind of using this show as an excuse oh, no. to kind of make a break for now. Take a, take a step back. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's a good place no, to do no, it, though. That's, so I'm happy about that. It, it, it's, let's be honest, that's probably fair. Um, like, w- everyone's got their kind of tolerance for shit, bullshit, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's we're only human. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I won't get into that too much. Um, otherwise, I've been hanging out with two kittens still. Because they still live in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, as I was talking last week, they've both got names now. So, it's Ash and Zoe. Um, Woohoo. Yeah. So, they're very cute. They're getting very comfortable. Um, they have their own little room. They're kind of, they're d- like, because they have their room so they can, like, stay inside. Um, and now we're, yeah. it's basically always open. But we have to try and be aware because my grandma is kind of forgetful and she might let them out by accident just because she kind of forgets they yeah. exist or something. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's like I don't. Know, otherwise, it's been going pretty well. Ash is like more distant than I wish. I, I don't know. It's only been like just over a week, so it's fine. It's gonna happen. Like Zoe's much more affectionate <laughs> right off the bat, and like Ash is yeah. more cautious. Um, so yeah, yeah, you'll always have that with cats. Yeah, definitely. Especially like you know when you got multiple together, like their their personalities kind of come through. Mm. Um, but. Yeah. Not not too much news there. I'm just gonna keep up to me my Twitter occasionally <laughs> with pictures and f- videos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Otherwise, uh, what? I'll be quick with this because we have another movie to talk about. But I also watched the movie Pig with Nicolas Cage. It's kind of like mm. the premise is kind of like John Wick without all the action, and it's about cooking, <laughs> and it's got Nicolas Cage in it, and it's really way better than any John Wick movie because it's like a film, not a action movie uh but that is kind of the premise <laughs> it's like the the what? main character is like a what <laughs> i'm trying to think of <laughs> what it's a oh. yeah the main character has like lost his truffle the ship has to come out of his the ship has to come out of retirement basically <laughs> but it, like that really it, it does describe it it's like the um yeah it's like this man like who lives in the woods by himself with a truffle pig and he hunts truffles and that's yeah. kind of how he gets along like someone comes drives into the forest like really far to the forest to meet him and he doesn't like lives off off the grid entirely like no electricity or anything mm. and someone yeah. comes and steals his pig and then he kind of Ooh. then he kind of like gets his lackey like the person who buys gets tr- truffles off him um to kind yeah. of venture into s- the city like into portland where they're like right outside of yeah and they kind of just mo- like um what's the word they're just kind of meandering through like the chef, like restaurateur, but it's like um, world, but it's kind of played up in this kind of as like a crime underworld. <laughs> so it's kind of this kind of like this seediness <laughs> and darkness to it. And it's like, um, it's a, it's a very, very good movie. I won't go into it too much otherwise because there's stuff to talk about. 
because <laughs> uh, we um we both watched um no time to die the newest bond movie yes yeah so so we might get into a little bit of spoiler territory here so for the next five minutes probably just don't listen if you haven't seen the movie but if you have seen the movie uh, feel free to yell at your uh, speaker because we probably got some things wrong or we had some opinion you didn't like but yeah john what did you think um I thought overall it slotted pretty firmly into like the middle quality wise amongst Craig's mm. movies. Like personally, like yep. I thought it's like Casino Royale and then Spectre. Oh, not Spectre. That's the bad one. Skyfall. Skyfall. Because, <laughs> yeah, in my mind personally, it goes Casino Royale, Skyfall, No Time to Die, and then Quantum, I guess. Because I, I, I think I've seen it once, like right when it came out. I haven't seen it since. So yeah. that's, that's a loose opinion. And then Spectre, because I fucking hated that movie. <laughs> I really didn't like Spectre at all. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, so No Time to Die slots very firmly in the middle for me. So it's like, it does some Sweet. things I really like. Other things clearly not as well as the other movies. And yeah, mm. what do you think? Uh, uh, like for me, I, I honestly really, I, I love the movie. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I was lucky enough to be uh, watch it in IMAX. It was kind of like the first movie that we booked once lockdown ended, because it was like, well, we've been cooped up for so long mm. and for me like the fact that it was shot mostly in IMAX is, is awesome uh, yeah so I really liked it I really think that it was well written um, in terms of like the development of Bond as a character like you can definitely tell that this Bond now is very different to the Bond that's that we saw a few years ago like y- you can see like how like, the way the movie kind of sets up the confrontation, like, potential confrontation between him and the other 007, uh, Le- uh, the one played by LaShawna Lynch. Uh, no- I think her name's Nomi in this? Oh, something? I'm not oh. sure. I didn't know. Yeah. Actually but said anyway, it, um, I said it. <laughs> but 007. All right. So, the, the competing 007. And, like, but he kind of, like, he says, oh, okay. Fair enough. Yep. I get it. I have to make way. Yep, no, you go ahead. Thank you, and things like that. Whereas, like, even even until, like, I think even until, like, Spectre, like, the James Bond, the Daniel Craig James Bond was pretty much, like, I'm I'm the man. Like, I do everything. I feel like he's like, kind of like that still. I don't think it's too much. He It's definitely he growth. Is, but, but he's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's growth for a Bond. I don't know how much that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not a, let's just say he's not a Sean Connery, like, just, like, slap the woman type Bond. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, which is probably good. Um, yeah, like, uh, I think it, it was. Sh- I, I love the way. I love this. Like the way it was shot. Um, not as beautiful as something like Skyfall, but you know, I, I really enjoyed kind of the direction, and and it did remind me a lot of Casino Royale, especially in close up on like his eyes and things like that. And like, uh, what what did you think about the plot line centering around, you know? A potential, uh, let's see, secret government experimental nanovirus that's fallen in, t- could potentially turn into a global pandemic. What do you think about that premise? <laughs> um, I'll say first, it's like I, like I really didn't mind the movie at all. Like I did enjoy it. Yeah. But it does sound like I'll probably, I might be a bit more critical of it overall. But I don't know. I like, I'll, yeah, I'm just saying that as in saying like I liked it overall. So if I'm saying anything especially critical, it really is couched in enjoyment with of the film yeah um yeah that that plot like i kind of got like i'm not lost i don't know it's it's very convoluted for something that's i think is pretty simple <laughs> i remember feeling lost and going like 
It's like, oh, it's, there's it, not that much to it. Um, this, and the villain is kind of this, weak, yeah. very weak. Um, but he, I'm not sure if that's yeah, separate. And he, and he doesn't age apparently. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Look, I think the villain's kind of forgettable. Yeah, I found a like. I found. A, I was surprised at how forgettable he was. Partly because he's in like it feels like he's in like three scenes. I know that's not true, but it definitely felt like it. Because it's like you you get kind of introduced to him very awkwardly in the therapy session. Yeah. And then yeah, and like you're like because my mom like I watched it with my mom and my sister, and my mom was like is not up to date with these movies, and she was like confused, mm. <laughs> like she because she thought it was still around what? around like the Spectre villain around um I don't remember his name uh, Christoph Waltz uh Blofeld. yeah him yeah it's like because they yeah. you know they're focusing on him, and my mom was just assuming yeah. it's like okay this is him this is the guy because like and I really liked how the movie is structured that way where it's like about Spectre like suddenly just falls apart because of this other villain. But there probably yeah. could be a bit more smoothness to make that clear. Like, have you played Metal Gear Solid Four? Yeah, yeah, the Nano Machines definitely just reminded me of it. Like, l- l- let's let's break this down. Okay, um, the movie is about Nano Machines, about an engineered virus, like Fox Die, that was designed to kill one person. However, it was re-engineered to kill other people because you know how in the Metal Gear games the Fox Die virus mutates, right? And uh, and what happens is that at the end, because it's mutating and it's been programmed to the villain, like like the hero can't be with who he like is doomed to forever be alone. Same thing with what happens to uh, Snake in Metal Gear Solid Four, where he's like, "Oh, this virus is going to mutate. I don't have much time to live. Like, and I can't be near people because I might infect them." Like that, the nano machines, um, even the whole idea of oh, you know, these things that we thought were the villain, like the Patriots, oh no, it's actually someone else who's holding the reins. Yeah. Y- you know, and it's like, you know how like um Liquid Ocelot um, betrays the Patriots and takes over the the, the world? Yeah. Like the, this is, I was I was watching the movie, I was like, oh my God, they just, they just, like someone on the team just like must have replayed Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story to aspire um, to. Yeah, yeah, like, um, like, like, even was it? Uh, yeah, because even Inspector, where the whole thing was about global surveillance and things like that, like that was a lot like Metal Gear Solid Two, <laughs> you know. Okay. Like it, it's the inform information control, you know, you know mm. all that stuff. Like it, anyway, I was just like, I, I love that. I, but for me, it was like this is such a video game plot that it makes sense that it's in this like over the top action movie. Yeah, like, it's just yeah. the perfect mix. Mm. Um. Oh, uh, yeah. I also say that it's like I have watched like no other Bond movies except for the Craig ones. I always mean to, just yeah, never have. Yeah. Um, I've watched, but yeah. oh, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. so that's from that's my perspective. Someone who is not yeah. a you know doesn't have much Bond experience other than like cultural osmosis of certain things. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not too different to you. Okay. In that way, like I've seen, I've I've seen like most of the Daniel Craig. Like, sorry, I've seen all the Daniel Craig ones. Seen most of the Pierce Brosnan ones. Seen a couple of Roger Moore's. I watched Doctor No, and I think one of the Timothy Dalton ones. Like I've seen like, let's say there's like twenty six movies, right? I've probably seen like maybe ten. That's way more than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally double. Yeah. Um, but it's like, uh, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, like, cause one thing I thought was impressive that I think I feel like this series is uh, not in that I remember it super well beyond Casino Royale, cause I've seen that a few times. 
Oh, but, uh, it's so good. It's really good. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah. That's the benchmark. Yeah, but it's like, I get the sense it's not very Bondy, and the other movies have kind of struggled to hit that tone. Um, you know, like really melding like modern movie expectations, like action movie expectations with kind of the innate campiness of the Bond movies. Mm. That's why I think this is probably the closest like um, to it. Yeah, this that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, it's, I get, yeah, like mm. it feels like, yeah, like it has a sense of humor, but it kind of, it feels grounded and it's like, it's, it's like, you know, lots of action, has a good fast pace to mm. it. And it's, yeah, it's like it's almost got like a video game plot, which also feels kind of appropriate 100%. to the old ones. Makes sense. Or any old ones yeah. before Craig's one. And even the Craig ones are really dumb a lot of time. Um, it's like yeah, it's um, it, like like think about it. Um, like I- every time it changes location, like you can see that being like a video game level. Yeah. And then like at the end, they're like, "Oh shit, we've spent all our budget on." Uh, you know, all these effects and everything. Okay, we need to make sure that um, the end level is basically just set inside a concrete box so we don't have to have large draw distances and too many yeah. assets and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of well, green screen yeah. into the distance <laughs> sort of stuff for that one. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like, um, yeah, I just... um. Uh, uh, like I, I, I was, l- I was loving it. Like if I could watch it again, I would definitely watch it again. Like I, I really enjoyed it. Um, oh. but and I love like the car. Like I love seeing the V eight Vantage again. Like the classic. Yeah. Uh, like seeing the different Bond cars and that stuff. That opening was and, really. And good. I love the <laughs> fact that how good is that yeah. man? And and the um, the returning like the J- Jaguars have become like the bad guy cars in James Bond. Oh really? And I love okay. that that continues. Yeah. yeah. Um, you'll notice Inspector and stuff as well. Like. The bad guys now drive Jaguars. They used to drive like whatever, um, you know, foreign cars, and the British car, or like the BMW was like the good car. Yeah, you, you'll kind of notice it throughout if you if you if you like are conscious of it going back okay. over the movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, that was like my last point I had about it is um that it felt like you expected the viewer to be like way more like far more emotionally invested in this arc than I think they reasonably would be. Even someone who's, I mean, maybe, maybe that was different for you actually, but it's just like, um, yeah. it's like, I totally was, okay. but I'm a sucker for Cause that. it's like, it I felt like it. every time, cause I think yeah. that's part of the tone though. Cause the tone was like really dead on for me a lot of the time. Like in terms of like mm. being like half serious, but a little bit, you know, kind of tongue in cheek about the way it is. Yeah. And then whenever it kind of shifted into like full drama mode, it felt kind of ro- like dishonest like oh not dishonest but like just i don't know it didn't feel like it really got it correct like it shift over like, in the tone and it's like oh this feels like i'm not on board with this <laughs> i think it's because i think a lot of that's because spectre was so bad and bond was so wooden in that i think yeah. we'd believe it more like if we went straight from uh like the uh casino royale you know new double o um he falls in love with someone gets betrayed gets broken on the inside. Um, in Skyfall, you see the aging Bond um, who is trying to deal with, um, you know, not being the best anymore, like kind of facing his own mortality. And then you went into this where he's, you know, now got something to live for and fight for again and has to make the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, f- that would make more sense than Casino, sorry, than Quantum of Solace and Spectre, which was just kind of like here's here's some shady organization, here's Bond just being an idiot, um, here's like pretty forgettable kind of scene. Like I can't think of any action scenes from 
Quantum of Solace or Spectre. Right. I I don't think like, but you, the you only can, thing yeah. I remember in Spectre is that stupid helicopter scene in the start <laughs> in the Day of the Dead. Um. See. Oh. Okay. I see. I don't even remember the helicopter I sort of, scene. I just I remember, remember laughing really yeah. hard. Like it probably wasn't even that bad. I was like, I remember laughing a lot at like he get like yeah, it's like a helicopter struggle. Like Bond's in the helicopter and he's like struggling to get control of the helicopter and it's like spinning in loop de loops and it just like looks insane. See, see, like, I don't even remember. I was that. thinking it's like this is like <laughs> so expensive for how dumb it looks. Um, a lot of Spectres like that. Um. Yeah, and like filming in like, like uh, there was um. Oh yeah, remember there was like a Bond is getting like uh, a flu shot in his brain. <laughs> like oh, that's start right with that. He's getting like a lump. You know how he's getting like the needle in his brain, like the bad guys like put that he's in that medical oh, chair kind and there's of. a needle that might and might kill him instantly and yeah. stuff. Like it's silly. Like the thing is like um so Rami Malek's character Safin, um Blofeld, so Christoph Waltz's character and stuff. Uh, you know they were in the they are they are old Bond villains that have been kind of re repurposed and um redone but like do you think christoph waltz was like <laughs> kind of wasted <laughs> yeah i was definitely thinking that when he showed up because he like he, he does uh, his best work but it definitely doesn't make me think it's what like, he can <laughs> like i don't even think it's that bad and at, at least in this one i think it's like oh this is fine yeah. but it's just like he he, is, he doesn't feel memorable really almost at all yeah like i just feel like he just seems forgettable especially when he's in like yeah, the even, hannibal specter He's like in the Hannibal Lecter, you know, setup. You know, it's like he's being kind of like drawn in yeah. by chains, brought in through this like gothic but we corridor. We already had that in Skyfall with Javier Bardem's character. Oh yeah, yeah. we did. <laughs> not Javier Bardem, was it? Yeah, that's. that's not, I think that's right. No. In Skyfall. No, no, no. It is. I was thinking. Yeah, not Benicio del Toro. That's the other actor. Yeah, he hasn't been in one of those. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like. Like, we already had kind of that, you know, bad guy in the grey who's, like, toying with Bond. We already had that in... Yeah, yeah. anyway. I, I just... Yeah. Like, I'm one of those people who didn't... wasn't overwhelmed by Skyfall, so I'm probably in the minority. I know a lot of people really love that. Like, for me, for me, Casino Royale is the benchmark. Yeah, for me, like, Skyfall, I remember not liking it very much when I first saw it, and then I kind of... I was, yeah. I was aware of how much people liked it, and I rewatched it again. I definitely like it more now. But I think it, it's yeah. like I definitely enjoyed it too. I think it's, but it's kind of more on the um, respect chart <laughs> where yeah. it's like I kind of admire it as a movie. It's like I understand how good it is, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd, like I don't know, it's not my favorite. Mm. I was like, I think it's like always like all these movies always stand so in the shadow of Casino Royale. We keep mentioning it. And yeah. It's just like Especially it keeps happening. The opening of that, yeah. The opening of Casino Royale is like that's how you set up a backstory. You know, you set up like that. You know, like he's he's it's a black and it's literally black and white. He's fighting. He's 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 so sloppy and stuff. And then you know he looks at the camera and shoots. And then it's the start of the movie. Like that's so awesome. Like yeah, it's it just sets you up for a ride from like the first scene. Mm. Um, and then you go into the, like the whole parkour running chase. That was so awesome, man. I remember seeing that in cinemas and like woo. Yeah, like, I feel like this opening uh, at least got close to that. <laughs> Because I think last time yeah. I watched Real, I was surprised at how long that sequence was, as good as it is. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like this one, I don't know, yeah, it's like exciting. this had a late title card. Yeah, it's really late. Like this had like a late yeah. thing, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I think it's just like wrap it up. Talk, been talking for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, I was. I was defi- I definitely <laughs> liked it. I think it's just like there was kind of clear flaws in it. Um, yeah, yeah. And Don't worry, she's not yours. Like, why? Why? Like, what? 
<laughs> like, oh yeah, the that's whole right. Point of like, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I do appreciate uh, the fact that I never thought that James Bond would be in a car chase driving a Toyota Land Cruiser. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that was yeah, that was funny as well. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, th- this is just like it's a great romp. I-, I really think that it's a lot of fun, um, and definitely I think is a way. It, it's it's definitely like for me probably second to Casino Royale. Yeah, it's like a good cinema movie. Like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I guess we both enjoyed it, but I guess I enjoyed it. I, I was a lot more invested in it. I will I will unashamedly um uh, like attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, if we have fun, that's that's all that matters really. Yeah. <laughs> Nano machines. Anyway. <laughs> Uh yeah, John. Uh, before we head over to the news, let's quickly go over what was on Double Jump last week. Uh, we had another multiplayer. Yeah, some more of our favorite hidden gems. John, you were involved in this one. Yeah, it's um won't go over too much because we'd like you to read it. Um, so like Kate, Ruby, Callum, and myself were in it. Callum actually wrote a couple entries. He's been doing some hard work lately. Um, yeah, and yeah, we're just kind of. I think we've had this entry before you know given the title um but um yeah it's just covering a few games that you pro- might not know of or maybe you haven't heard of for a while i bet you haven't heard of mine unless you watch streamers uh, that's a good chance you might have heard mine <laughs> like wrestling empire <laughs> which i like i'm actually kind of proud of my little bit more proud than i usually am of my writing um but it's um yeah are oh, you too hard on yourself well no i mean like i was reading it back and it's like oh, i enjoy this <laughs> that's not usually a thing i have reaction i have um but uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Go and read our third multi. Doesn't take too much time compared to usual, where it's an entire scroll of opinions. Um, so yeah, go check it out. No worries. Thanks, man. So let's talk about the major news stories from this past week. Uh, first up, we've got a report coming out of, uh, I guess, GQ, um, where head of Xbox Phil Spencer essentially confirmed that The Elder Scrolls Six um, is going to be an Xbox and PlayStation, sorry, uh, is going to be an Xbox and PC exclusive, so it's not going to come to PS5. It's something that, you know, everyone's been kind of, questioning ever since microsoft purchased bethesda you know what's going to happen especially because bethesda hadn't signed uh like a deal like Deathloop, where it was um you know already going to be exclusive to playstation it was already coming to playstation and microsoft was was going to honor the deal that was already in place um essentially in an interview with uh gq uh phil spencer uh basically uh, talked about um, uh, like he was questioned about Starfield being an Xbox and PC exclusive, and uh, he said that. Uh, and then the the article says that um, Spencer quote he sees the same for Elder Scrolls Six, which basically confirms that yes, it's gonna not come to the PS Five. Which uh, you know, if you think about it from a commercial point of view, um, it kind of makes sense. You know, you want it. You want a feather in your cap when you're a, a console kind of manufacturer. 
it, obviously, it's going to be a huge bummer uh, to Xbox, to PlayStation fans. But let's be honest, um, Bethesda has has a really poor track record when it comes to like PlayStation versions of its popular games. Like I remember, Skyrim on PS3 was so buggy that if you had been playing for a long time, uh, the game save file would be so big that it would, I think it would be so big that it was like taking up so much RAM or something that it couldn't actually save and you'd basically lose everything. Yeah, that, that was the case with New Vegas as well. It's probably the case with all of them, really. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's, they use the same engine, so I, I don't yeah. doubt it. And I'm sorry, but I played Fallout 4. Like I was kind of looking forward to it, but it's it's the same engine. It just looks a little bit more shiny. But it, it, but like, Bethesda games are overrated. They're buggy messes that don't really push anything forward. Like if you like now, for me personally, I see The Witcher Three as a benchmark for open world games versus something like a Skyrim because Bethesda's just overrated. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, I don't really agree. I actually have like not the same opinion on Witcher, but like um. It's, I don't know, it's not too surprising after, like, um, damn it, what's that next going called? Star Starfield? Something. Yeah. Yeah. Star Forgettable. <laughs> I was thinking, um, like, Star Fell, and it's like, that's not right. Uh, anyway, yeah, Starfield. It's like, I don't think it's a huge surprise after that. And it's like, another thing is, like, they spent all that money buying Bethesda. Elder Scrolls is, like, such a huge, you know, mm. top of the peak, sort of, in terms of their IP value. So it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. It, I think it's one of those things where like people are holding out hope that it's like, oh, is Microsoft going to do the, like ultra good guy thing and put it on, make a, you know, some amount of money on PlayStation and kind yeah. of slightly devalue kind of their Game Pass stuff. It's like, no, they're not going to do that. And this is just yeah. kind of like half constant because he like, uh, yeah, on the quotes, I don't think he really confirmed it, but he, you know, yeah, it's getting closer and closer to like a full on confirmation, just like Starfield. Where it's like there was, you know, people kept holding out hopes, and it's like, oh, it's gonna be announced for PS Five. It's like it might yeah. be, and it, you know, it wasn't. So it's like I don't know. This is like ripping the bandaid off, kind of like halfway. <laughs> it's like it basically yeah. is already off, but it's not mm. really. So um, yeah. So when it's properly announced or like or you know re-revealed, I guess re-announced. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely gonna be Xbox and PC only, just as everyone expects. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I don't know. I'm not sure about the over overrated thing. I don't. I don't really care, <laughs> but it's like, uh, yeah. like I'm excited to see. It. I'm excited to see how it turns out. Like after Starfield, yeah. I'm sure I'll have different opinions on what to like or different expectations because that's going to be there. You know, next that one's going to show yeah. off what they're capable of with a new overall. Um, I don't know just with more at the disposal. So yeah, I don't know. Separate point, Ooh. I suppose. But it's mm. um, yeah, I don't know. Not a surprise. <laughs> still hurts. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, no, it sucks. It sucks for PlayStation gamers, and it's kind of sucks in in terms of you know games being available for people everywhere. But you know, I guess the difference here is that uh, Marcus, like Bethesda, has previously been on other consoles. Like, hmm. like traditionally, Bethesda and Microsoft have a long-standing relationship, like going all the way back to like Windows, like in the nineties. But like, you know, right. Morrowind was a huge seller. On, on on Xbox and the Elder Scrolls Oblivion basically was one of kind of the killer releases on the Xbox 360 very early on and it wasn't until a few years down the track I think that it got ported to PS3 so like there's definitely uh, like a uh, a long-term relationship there and an association with Xbox 
And I guess now that Microsoft owns the bloody thing, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, unfortunate for people who, you know, were hoping otherwise. Yeah. Like, I was hoping otherwise, really. But Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. anyway. But, John, you know, this next story is going to be a bit of a bummer. We're talking about Microsoft not being the good guy in this case. And here's someone else who definitely doesn't sound like a good guy. What's going on in Activision Blizzard this week? Yeah, um, the weekly update of Activision Blizzard. Uh, um, yeah, really is cut. Like I was like, the it's news story here. It's like, oh damn, yeah. and I was like, so looking forward to a chill section. episode. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So basically, more news. Um, this is almost. I think it's as far as I know, this is coming out entirely from this wide-ranging investigation from Wall yeah. Street Journal. It's like a long yeah. article behind a paywall. So a lot of these details have been coming out through other outlets. Mm. Um, you know, kind of, but otherwise it's all from Wall Street Journal, as far as I know. Um, so first off, there have been new historical allegations against Co- um, Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, or Activision Blizzard King. Is that the full term for it? Uh, whatever. I hope um, not. <laughs> sorry. Um, it's like, I, oh, I, I keep man. forgetting there's like another company involved with this yeah, conglomerate. Yeah, the Candy Crush people, um, right? Yeah, yeah, them. Um, yep. anyway, as part of this report from the journal, um, it states that Kodak has been accused by several women of mistreatment, both inside and outside the workplace, and in some and quote in some instances has settled to settle have worked to settle their complaints quite quickly and quietly, end quote. Um, yeah, so basically, Kodak has a history of from himself, <laughs> like by himself, Being not just his douche. company. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. So, um, as far as I know, these are kind of over a decade old, doesn't dismiss them. It's just what it is. So in 2006, um, these are two incidents. Um, I don't think anything else came out. Um, so first, in 2006, Kodak, Kodak reportedly harassed one of his assistants, um, threatening in a voicemail to have her killed. Um, in 2007, Kodak Fuck. allegedly told a private jet flight attendant um, who was suing him for sexual harassment committed by the oh. pilot of his jet, quote, I'm going to destroy you, end quote. Um, and that is kind of, and those were assumedly settled pretty quickly, and that's why we haven't heard of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, following that, Kotick reportedly hid sexual abuse claims from the board of the company and protected the abusers as well. So this goes over a few people and topics. So first off, in 2020, 30 female employees in Activision, um, in their esports department. They sent an email to the department heads saying they were, quote, subject to unwanted touching, demeaning comments, exclusion from important meetings, and unsolicited comments on their appearance, end quote. So, according to the Wall Street Journal, Kodak was actually aware of this email, um, and a spokesman for Activision said that um, he addressed their concerns by putting diversity and inclusion training in place for the esports team managers, which isn't isn't much of a response, really. Um, Mm. But it sounds familiar. <laughs> um, after that, former Blizzard technology chief Ben Kilgore, he was fired in 2018 after investigation into multiple allegations of sexual harassment. But when he left, he was thanked, quote, for his many contributions over the last four and a half years in an email by then-boss Michael Morhaime. So basically, you know, a trend of using kid gloves with these people. And like, or, you know, otherwise protecting or otherwise like, um, softening the blow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for them, and not for the those, the victims. So mm. after that, 
um, has to do with Javier Panameno, Panameno, a former supervisor of Sledgehammer Games. Um, they just worked on Call of Duty Vanguard, which just released. Um, he was accused of raping one woman and sexually uh, one woman and sexually harassing a second, um, which is kind of one of the higher level allegations oh, okay. so far. Um, though again, familiar actually. So one of the women assaulted reporting. Uh, yeah. So one of the women involved, um, or assaulted. Yes. Um, he reported. She reported both incidents incidents to human resources before leaving the company in 2017. Um, but the company did not follow up on invest and investigate the allegations and subsequently um yeah and they only fired the supervisor in 2018 when one one of the women emailed the company or when a lawyer for one of the women emailed the company <sighs> so activision settled with the woman out of court um Kodak did not inform the board of directors about this um yeah. and yeah so and now the um, sec is investigating because uh, you know, the company didn't make the appropriate disclosures to shareholders because this could definitely affect, you know, misconduct definitely affects share prices. So, yeah, um, so. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, continue. No, no, that's. Um, and lastly, on this section, <laughs> God, this is long. Um, yeah, so Dan Bunting, he was the co head of Treyarch up until this month, and he's mm-hmm. been on the Call of Duty series for 18 years as part of Treyarch. Yeah. Um, and he led development on. Oh. The Black oh, yeah, Ops series. Yeah, yeah, on Call of Duty yeah. Black Ops, like the, yep. And um, he was accused of sexually harassing a female co-worker in 2017 after a night of drinking. So in the in 2018, a internal, vest, in, internal investigation, they, it recommended he be fired, but the Wall Street Journal reports that Kodak actually intervened to prevent this and um, said that oh. bun- Bunting was... So Bunting was actually given counselling instead. And so he remained at the company until... What the until fuck does that do? Yeah, it's that pretty... That doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help the victims who've already been... Uh, eh, wow. Yeah. That's what happened at Riot Games, remember? That, yeah, right. Uh, that, yeah. That, that frat boy mentality uh, kind of leadership. And then one of them, he was just like, oh, we just we gave him indefinite leave and like unlimited kind of leave pay and just said, oh, you go, you, you get some counselling. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's like token, at best. It's like what I would have suspected, but not hoped. You know, like really not hoped was true, which is the idea Mm. that in a company like this, where they release these gigantic games yearly, and they like the company relies on these games to launch at a specific time for like a gigantic, you know, windfall at this specific date. It means they're like so more much more willing to protect, like the infrastructure that allows that factory conveyor belt to kind of continue so it means like yeah. it's it's like it wasn't like it's a it's like almost like a cartoonish thing to do which is like just sweeping under the rug on like you know one of the heads of the company who are making these like you know just once in a year like so you can't like change much i mean you absolutely should but it's like they have even more motive to cover things yeah. up like uh, um, like if, if we think of the that conveyor belt kind of like metaphor like it's like people are getting injured every day on the line but the company's just like oh well as long as the thing as long as those cut off fingers and things like that don't end up in the final product it's all good we'll just send in the you know we'll we'll just kind of like file it under um nuisance (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's just ah, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so a spokesman for Activision said, "quote After considering potential actions in light of that investigation, the company elected not to terminate Mr. Bunting, but instead impose other disciplinary measures." End quote, which is quite a way to say that. Um, so two years later, after this, so it started in 2019. So two years later, Bunting left the company, but that was only after the Wall Street Journal asked about the allegation, um, which I think is I think it's happened a few times now. It's oh, just the next time, uh, yeah. like in this particular you know scandal that um, Activision yeah. are facing. So next, <laughs> Bobby Kotick wrote Fran Townsend's July post lawsuit email. So this is the email that kind of kicked a, th- uh, yeah. a bunch of things off in the actual studio itself. Like right after yeah, this was the, a huge one. This was the uh, yeah yeah. Please tell us. <laughs> yeah, so like this is right after the Department of um, Fair Im- uh, the Deployment of Fair Employment and Housing from uh, California. Why not write that acronym down? <laughs> um, so a couple of quotes from the um, this is a couple of quotes from that email. So quote: A recently filed lawsuit presented a distorted and untrue picture of our company, including factually incorrect, old and out of context stories. Some more than from a decade ago. So, yeah, end quote. Um, Another quote. um, We cannot let egregious actions of others and a truly meritless and irresponsible lawsuit damage our culture of respect and equal opportunity for all employees, end quote. So um, that's not new news, but they were really swinging for the fences there with what they knew. Yes, so for context, um, Fran Townsend, who I believe was like the chief, like one of the, like she was a C-suite executive at Activision Blizzard. Uh, this email was attributed to her as a, and she sent it throughout the, like this was sent throughout the whole company, right? And yeah. this was kind of a big part of why um, there was that huge walkout at Activision Blizzard um, back, I think September, right? Uh, I think it was not long after the um, the lawsuit. It might even be August now. Like, yeah, it would have been around the s- either late July or, or start like of August. September. Oh yeah, yeah August. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that that's that's uh, what the context of the email is. Um, that's why that email is so significant, is because it was it attributed to someone else, especially most notably a female executive. Yeah, it's a very um, yeah, it's very yeah. pathetic. And now, <laughs> and now what's come to light is it wasn't potentially written by her. Yeah. So um, the journal have reported as part of this uh, big story that they've just published. Story says that Kotick, who, um, quote, approves most internal company-wide emails as well as media responses, that he drafted the email himself and then directed that it be sent under Townsend's name. Um, yeah, likely because she was one of the few women executives at, a, at the company, which was otherwise run by men. So, um, yeah, she resigned not long after. Mm. So... Yeah, so an Activision representative, um, so in response to this story, so I think Channel, you know, asked for questions. Kodak now says that he, quote, takes responsibility for the incident and regrets it, end quote. Oh. And adds that Miss Townsend should not be blamed for this mistake. Um, yeah, so... And, uh, and he and called it tone deaf at the time. Yes, <laughs> he, he remember we read that statement from him and that whole open letter talking about, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. Oh, by the way, that email was tone deaf. Yeah. We, uh, and it doesn't represent the values of this company. It's like, then why did you write it, you fucking coward? And why did you own it? Yeah. Why did you hide behind someone else, most notably someone from a minority group, 
that you thought would um you know maybe win you five extra seconds of breathing before you know that the world came down like ah uh, i'm still uh, shocked he hasn't yeah. i mean separate topic kind of but i was like i'm still shocked he hasn't left <laughs> fire so, bobby kotick fire yeah. his whole management team fire eve gimo and his whole management team at ubisoft like all these large all these companies where this shit happens fire the management because either they were too incompetent to realize what was happening or they knew what was happening and were complicit they let it happen you know yeah, yeah. like if it, it, it's like if, if you see like uh, like uh, i don't know it's just like you you can't be a bystander and be paid hundreds of millions of dollars a year you can't be a bystander and be basically making decisions that affect lives of thousands of people in your teams you know what i mean like you can't be a bystander yeah, um it's yeah like like get rid of these shit bags like fuck bobby kotick and all his morals fuck Yves Gamow and all his morals get rid of those shit bags we need new blood in those companies we need to s- w- yeah like i'm on linkedin every day like a lot of it's like in the role that i'm in i'm on linkedin every day and looking at you know different announcements and stuff and it breaks my heart every time i see someone say oh i've just joined activision i've just joined um uh you know ubisoft or something and i'm like i know this is a huge dream for you to get to a company like this but i'm like you know i don't want to see in 18 months or two years a kotaku story naming those same people talking about how shitly they were treated and what they saw at those companies anyway sorry that's that's my rant for yeah. uh, it, anyway it's a good time for it because it's just going to keep going so yep. <laughs> um another part of this um journal report was that o'neill um jen o'neill so she stepped down as the co-leader of blizzard um earlier this month as we reported last week i believe after three months may I yeah have. so um she was previously a long-time employee of vicarious visions she's been at the overarching company for a while yeah um, yeah yeah so yeah so she has um she sent an email in september before right before she oh discussing her resignation um yeah. this this email also mentioned a number of grievances that um the journal was able to get a hold of seemingly so um in the email, O'Neill alleged that she had been paid less than Mikey Barra, um, the technically equal co-leader of Blizzard that she was, you know, made co-leader with. And Yabara himself has only been at the company since late 2019, so it's quite, yeah. that's interesting, yeah. like, just like bizarre. But um, like Mikey no, I mean, Barra came from leading Microsoft, like leading the Xbox, kind of like push, like basically reporting to like Phil Spencer and and you know. Don Matrick and Peter Moore before that, right? Like he's got the pedigree there, you know. He he can earn a command a a huge salary, but it wasn't like Jen O'Neill was reporting to him. Jen O'Neill was his equal. She was a co-lead, so she should be paid the same if she's got the exact same rank. Yeah, especially when she's and been she there wasn't. so long as well. It's like yeah. there's like a lot of yeah. Because I was thinking that as well. It's like he's kind of yeah. got you know the professional cash i guess to yeah. really you know she's been at activision for a long time like like 13 years is a long time and vicarious visions is a like is a very well respected developer and has done fantastic work for almost three decades now and to treat someone who's leading that company like a not fairly and b 
you're gonna you basically dismantled her company anyway, and they're now com- converting it into like a basically a satellite studio for Blizzard. Uh, like this is uh, now it makes sense why she left. You know, like we were speculating about it, right? Yeah. You know, why is yeah. she leaving? Perhaps there's something more to it, and you know what? This this totally makes sense. Yeah, um, no, exit letter was like yeah. so like you know rel- like I mean you know it was like I'm not sure if glowing Frank. is the best word, but it was very positive. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And it's like you know it's it was like out by her. <laughs> yeah, because I remember like you know when we were talking about it, it's like oh, I don't want to make too much assumptions, don't know yeah. her, but it's like um yeah, it's like it kind of exactly what you kind of would hope was not true. Um, yeah. yeah, so just kind of run through the rest of this email. Yeah, um, go for it, man. Sorry. O'Neill mentioned that she had been sexually harassed earlier in her career. Um, two, she had described a party for an Activision development studio she attended, and Mr. Kotick was there. Uh, in This was in 2007, which, can, um, scantly, quote, scantily clad women danced on stripper poles. Um, and at the same party, a, a DJ encouraged female attendees to drink more so the men would have a better time, according to someone else who was there. And that was a quote um, from the, the journal report, the Wall Street yes. Journal report. Yeah, yeah, that got a little muddled. Um, yeah. And kind of lastly, to wrap this up, quote, it was uh, from O'Neill's email, quote, it was clear that the company would never prioritize our people the right way. I have been tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against, end quote. And uh, when she refers to our people, uh, this is allegedly, like, if, if this all is like, you know, this email is legit, which it definitely sounds like, um, she means, you know, women or people who identify as women. Yeah, and she's also, um, she's uh, like a gay woman as well. And that, I imagine that doesn't help. Oh, you know, well, kind they, of environment. That, that's like double. That's yeah. that's like, like if, if we talk about the straight white male kind of club, middle-aged white men who kind of sit at these large, like at the boards of these large companies, like, yeah, she would stick out like a sore thumb. Hmm. Um. Okay, so, so two more uh, things. It shouldn't be. Another, it should be too long. Yeah, I know. Actually. I know. I'm um, just saying that it's. It's just. It, <laughs> it just makes me angry that this. Like I'm. I'm. I'm thankful that these reports are coming out because it's. You know, I'm sure that this is giving a lot of people uh, kind of validation. Be like, you know, I've been taught. I had to deal with this. Keep this inside for so long. Now I can finally speak on it and not feel like the whole industry is going to turn against me. Um, you know, and. And like, I, it's good that way, but it's just sad hearing yeah. about these stories all the time. Hmm. Sorry, man. That's <laughs> no, fine. Uh, it's like, um, so next step or next part of it. Um, oh no, actually, no, this is um in response to it actually. Um, yeah, so we're done with the journal, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. So in response to this investigation, the ABK Workers Alliance, so the employee group within the larger company of Activision Blizzard King. I always forget the King. Um, yeah. They have staged a walkout or are staging a walkout demanding Codex, re- Codex replacement. So they announced this in a tweet. Hell yes. Um, that uh, quote, we have instituted our own zero tolerance policy. We will not be silenced until Bobby Codex has been replaced the CEO and continue to hold our original demand for third party review by an employee chosen source. We are staging a walkout today. We welcome you to join us. End yes, and, and, and that third party is not going to be Wilma Hale, the notoriously union busting like legal firm that Amazon has brought on before that Activision brought on right after the lawsuit was yep. announced in July. Yeah, probably not. No. Um, yeah. So, and to wrap it up in a kind of a comfortable way. So the board of Activision has said that it remains confident in Kodak. 
as um as CEO. So um the full quote is the oh not the full quote, part of the quote. The board remains confident that Bobby Kotick appropriately addressed workplace issues brought to his attention. The goals we have set for ourselves are both critical and ambitious. The board remains confident in Bobby Kotick's leadership, commitment, and ability to achieve these goals. End quote. Yes. Translation uh, he makes us a lot of money and <laughs> we are hoping that people forget about this and that uh, uh, consumers either don't know about what's happening or don't care and yeah, I thought we'll the continue board to buy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I thought the board kind of, I should have looked it up. I thought the board already kind of kicked up a fuss as part of this as well and then like Kodak took like the pay cut. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. If I'm, I'm probably confusing, like crossing the wires a bit. But no, it's no, um, it's like he he did take the pay cut. I mean, he requested that he gets paid like sixty-two thousand US dollars, which is like the lowest like oh, salary yeah. you can take as an office worker and stuff. Yeah, and, I just wasn't sure and, if the yeah. board actually like said anything because I think they might have. Yeah, but I think it's they like that did was... speak up about it. But yeah, um, this is like the latest statement in response to all this new kind of like stuff coming up about Kodak specifically yeah That's I the guess I guess they suddenly up. thought about how much money they could potentially lose I guess if they got rid of Kodak which I don't know why that would be true but whatever like I guess yeah. that's because it feels like a bit of a I don't know I don't remember completely the correct if they've yeah. said much of anything but it's still very frustrating yeah. that this is like yeah the employer group stages a walkout and this is like the immediate response is that no we're cool so yeah yeah yeah, that's um. Yeah, but that kind of yeah. wraps up the because we're like we're recording it the day all this stuff came out, so it's yeah, very, so been a very busy day for Activision. Yeah, and it's a, been a, a super busy day for John, who's done all the work, kind of collating all this, all these, these stories. Like I, like I, I like I'm super angry just re- like you know reacting to it. I, c- I can only imagine what it was like reading about it. And getting all this stuff ready, and be like, "Oh my god, there's another thing and another thing." Yeah, after um, a point, I just start laughing at how much there is. So that helps. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's like, how many more things do you need, like, for someone to resign or leave? Like, mm. did it, remember we I I we spoke about like in our coverage, well, I guess some of the follow up coverage to the lawsuit, it did come to light that you know someone at Blizzard did take their own life because of, you know. Uh, like the pressure, the 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 culture at Blizzard, which is you know a huge part of Activision Blizzard. So it, it's like not even people dying is enough to, um, yeah, it's you know like it, it's now the SEC getting involved and saying, hey, did the company do the right thing in disclosing these previous allegations and stuff? It's now that shareholders are getting like who might have lost some money. Now the government's getting involved, and it's like. What else does the board need? What else do shareholders need? Like, mm. yeah, it's like get, get get rid of this dickhead. Yeah, definitely. It's it's like well, like it was already at that point where it's like you need to go, man. Like it's yeah. not like it yeah, says a lot yeah. about his ego that he's sticking around. Because like if he knew all this stuff and he like there was a possibility or a lot of this stuff would come out that damaged him as like yeah. you know as a public figure. It's like why don't you just leave right away? It's like no, yeah. one, like no one would come after him. Except, I mean, legally maybe, but that's still yeah. like just jump ship to a, some other company that'll pay you yeah, exactly. maybe more. Like I don't understand why he's sticking around. Like there's a lot of ego behind that. Hundred percent. And um, like why not? 
you know what? Why not get Jen O'Neill to run the company? She's yeah. got the pedigree. She's got the chops. Um, and she's clearly identified that there's problems within the organization. And she, as someone who belongs to some of the groups that have been marginalized, you know, she has a, a vested interest in making sure things get fixed. Mm. You know, um, but he's um, he's not yeah. a pudgy white guy, so yeah, well, she's not. Yeah, well, or, or you know what? We've got like even someone like Peter Moore, who um, you know, was like a beloved figure running Xbox, or or like even a Reggie Fizeme, like you know, like even someone like that c- could really t- like salvage Activision Blizzard's kind of reputation. Like it, it won't be a, an overnight fix, but it would be a step in the right direction. Um, but yeah, yeah totally. anyway, anyway, just replace him would be, it's like, it really, it doesn't come down to too much, you know, it's just like, get yeah, rid of him, get rid of him, solve and the get problem rid of later. The, and, and you know what? Get rid of that board, get rid of the leadership at Blizzard at, at like, they're not the right people, you know? Um, yeah. Same um, thing happened at Google. Same thing happens at, at like, you know, Facebook, you, you know, like, yeah. Um, anyway, like just, at least we've yeah. got more positive news, right, John? Yeah, we structured this in a way that would make us <laughs> less sad later. Um, so are we covering GTA or are we just going to skip past it? Uh, here's the thing. Summary. Uh, Rockstar pulled the classic GTA games like GTA 3, San Andreas, Vice City from storefronts um, and then replaced them with a new shitty re-release that doesn't work, missing a lot of features, doesn't run well, um, uh, doesn't, uh, and also take issuing DMCA takedowns on GTA mods, uh, including ones that help, you know, people save the game in terms of, like, actually their save files and transferring uh, a lot of things, poor textures, missing effects from the game. Um, uh, like, it's just, it's just, it's just a shit show. Like, um, Rockstar Games, like, it's clear that you didn't put any effort into this re-release. Or, I mean, I'm sure the people working on it put in a lot of work and probably had to deal with a lot to kind of get this done. But in terms of, like, as a company, like, in terms of getting behind this game, like, these re-releases, no. It's kind of like the Nintendo thing that Nintendo did with the Nintendo Switch Online version of the Nintendo 64, like, re-releases of, you know, Zelda and and, and Super Mario. Like, Nintendo has done better re-releases of them before. On the 3DS, on the Wii U. Uh, even on the Switch with the Super Mario, in the case of Super Mario 64. Um, and it's just like the, the latest re-release is just kind of half-assed a- attempts. And this this reeks of the same kind of yeah, money cause, grab. Because when, like, when it was coming clear just how terrible it was, because I was kind of like, this is like the first game in a little while where it's like, oh, I might buy it full price because I know, I know I like it because I haven't played much yeah. of those games at all. Uh, so it's like, uh, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, I'm tempted basically, and then it's like that it comes out. And it's like, oh wow, this is just a train wreck. But it's yeah. like, um, what I was originally planning, my original idea for something to write was like, why do these companies treat their like evergreen long-term sales releases? You know, like you know these like remasters and re- remakes that are like designed to sell indefinitely, not just like in one spike, but yeah. like you know for years and years. Because this one's meant to be the setup for the mobile re-release as well. Like this is one they're designing as a like, you know, current twenty twenty one version to kind of jump back to, 
and they've like yeah. so they were so lazy about it because like what i was going to write was like why do these companies keep doing this and i looked back at like all these remakes and it's like there actually aren't that many as far as i could tell like they've actually been good for a while mm. uh, like it's just like actually the mario one's probably the most one of the most recent like bad ones and um warcraft 3 mm. was really bad oh, <laughs> as yeah, far as yeah. that was the only ones i could find in the last couple of years um but yeah i was like but it still shocks me how like it's, I'm sure they made a lot of money off it, so it worked. But it's just like, this is one of those things where it's like, just take the time to make sure it's exactly as right as it needs to be so you don't cause problems for yourself later. So it's it's really bizarre they don't, you know... Mm. Like, do they really need the money now? <laughs> like, maybe. So, like, right at the end... Like, I guess it's, like, near the end of the financial year, so... But it's just... Um, I don't know. It's, it's just strange to me. Like, it's, yeah. Bog was the mind. Yeah. Dumb stupid yeah it's just unnecessary yeah like if you're gonna pretend that these games mean something and by all means they do because they made you who you are today mm. like, let's not forget that it wasn't until gta 3 that rockstar became like a household name and became relevant yeah right? it's and then not. san andreas was when it like really exploded into the mainstream because even vice city was like kind of well regarded by like you know quote-unquote gamers but san andreas is when it kind of bled over into pop culture yeah yeah like it's yeah. yeah it's like those games had a huge impact on just like yeah on like culture in general which is yeah not many games can say that so it's like um yeah it's just a bizarre i don't know I, i'd like to know the backstory behind this release because like it's clearly made by some because like the um part of the problem with it is like the way they've text they've updated textures is by like putting them into like an ai engine and then so it's it's not, and then like they've kind of they put it in the AI engine. It kind of comes out a bit smoother. Then they've kind of like redone it in certain ways, like to try and like clean it up. And yeah, the ways like the problems that have come up with is like, like signage is completely spelled wrong. Like there's like people yeah, have found signs it's... where it's just like completely wrong, which means it's probably not like Rockstar themselves, or they just didn't have enough time. Or the AI wasn't very like well tuned, or didn't have much time. Like, <laughs> you know what? Um. There's there's almost two decades of like people modding these games. Why not reach out to those mod creators and be like, hey, we really like what you've done here. Can we, you know, we'd like to, like, can we just like, you know, like licensing a mod may sound sim- silly, but w- like be like, hey, we'll bring you on as a contractor, bring over your code, and we'll just incorporate that into, you know, the game. And that's what I think Nintendo did with like uh, the Super Mario 3D All Stars. Like some of those like some of the work had already been done by like modders. And so mm. um, I think Nintendo actually just brought on some of those people. Uh, same thing with, um, you know, Sonic Mania, the Sonic Mania game. Yeah, that's a good example of it. So yeah. that's that was someone who came directly from the like the Sonic fan community, a fantastic developer. And they're like, you know what? You are, you've already kind of figured this shit out. How about we give you some money? And yeah, it was like, I think Christian Whitehead or something. I yeah, that's was, the main, main name in my head. I think yeah. that's the guy, yeah. Like, and they're like, hey, here's some money. You've already, we know you. You've already done work in this type of engine, working with these assets. Um, here's what. What can you do with this budget? Bang. You and you've got a game like Sonic Mania, which is probably it's, like it, it's not quite a remake or like it's not a re. It's like a reimagining in a way. It's designed to capture. It, I think it's like the perfect type of remake in that it's designed to capture what, how a game how you remember a game, not how the game actually was. Oh, what game you know is this I mean? again? Sorry? Uh, this was Sonic Mania, right? Oh, that's not so a remake, dis- though. 
Yeah, but it, it's kind of like a reimagining. It's like a new game that kind of, um, like it it plays, it sounds, it looks like what you remember those games to be like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, that's what you know. Rockstar has got like a bajillion dollars. Like it could have definitely looked into the mod community and just brought them on as contractors and div- delivered a hundred percent better game than what like re-released than what these are. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I think I retweeted some Twitter thread of like someone taking like you know, um, what's the word? Unfavorable screenshots of the game. Yeah, so it's just like it's like bizarre how far it goes. Like it's just like it was just such a shock to me where it's like, oh wow, they did the exact worst thing. But anyway, um, we'll just stop there. Not sure there's too yeah. much else to add. <laughs> Yeah, and and here's a company that actually has respect for its heritage, and you know is trying to like do the right thing. And uh, essentially, uh, like this, I think this week marks the twentieth anniversary of the Xbox's release in America, and I think uh, and Australia as well. I think Australia was one of the, it's one of the few times that the Australian co- like console release wasn't that far behind. And okay. I think um, there was a as part of this 20th anniversary celebration, there was actually a video that Xbox put up of, I think, the Sydney Philharmonic Orchestra. Yeah, like, the Sydney Youth Philharmonic Orchestra playing the Halo theme at the Opera House. Like, it's it's, it's kind of cool if uh, people can go into the... Uh, just. I think if you just type in Xbox Orchestra Sydney, it'll probably come up in, in YouTube. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, one thing, a surprise release of Halo Infinite, which we've already talked about, um and uh like the the there's like the warthog your armor you can get like special halo one themed versions of them that kind of celebrate you know that the heritage of of halo which is synonymous with xbox and i think synonymous with modern console gaming uh like let's not forget that like basically the original xbox is where xbox live started and that's where like online gaming on consoles really became serious it was dabbled with in the 90s with like you know early sega consoles in japan um and then the dreamcast kind of globally uh, and then halo comes out and then sorry ha- uh, sorry xbox live comes out in 2001 i think it was or 2002 and just revolutionized online gaming like xbox definitely has a huge heritage there's a lot we can be thankful for there and it's great that you know microsoft celebrated this 20 year anniversary by Showing off, uh, uh, you know, great new um, Halo Infinite content that celebrates that heritage. Um, a teaser of the Paramount Plus uh, Halo TV show, and that actually showed uh, uh, like a little glimpse of Master Chief putting on his armor, and that's uh, being played by uh, Pablo Schreiber, who I don't think is related to Liev Schreiber. I think he's unrelated. Oh, um, I think it might yeah. be, actually. Yeah. I, don't, I remember looking <laughs> I should have looked it up beforehand, but I remember looking up the wiki of him. It's been a while since <laughs> I... Like, um, Oh no, I think anyway. they are actually yeah, they are yeah. it's his brother, younger brother. Yeah, but he's from um American Gods and um yeah. Orange is New Black and uh a bunch of yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Makes Good sense. Actor. Like he's one point he's almost two meters tall, which is probably the right height you'd need to be to play Master yeah. Chief, let's be honest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, very big man. Um, yeah, and he's about the right age. Like he's in his like late forties, I think. Um the act he's forty three. And okay. like I think in the first Halo game, like Master Chief's like fifty. 
Like, oh, really? Like Master okay. Chief's already a veteran by the time Halo 1 happens. Right. Uh, That's like people kind of cool starting that. point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it, it's cool seeing that. And, like, um, it'll be cool to learn more details about the show. Like, I didn't, I didn't mind Halo... What the fuck was that Halo show called? The one that was on um Halo Waypoint. Like, it was the one that came around Halo 5, like the one with um Spartan Locke. Uh, uh, I don't I remember what remember. it was called, but yeah, it, it was it was it was novel. Like it, it was it was a cool take on it, and I really liked the um forward onto dawn kind of like shorts that um uh, Microsoft released as well. Like that was kind of cool, and we did get like kind of a um uh, we did get a look at Master Chief kind of being in in live action and and fighting. Yeah. So that that was kind of cool there, and then. As part oh, yeah. of this kind of yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll say as well. It's like with the Halo TV show. It's like yeah. in the US, it's set to be on Paramount Plus next year. We have Paramount Plus here, which I, is I think most people don't know. I'm not sure if it's gonna be on there. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess oh, it, yeah, like, it's, it it's very early. Yeah, we do so, have that, but it's yeah. like a Showtime um, produced show, as I believe. Yeah. Like it's probably got a few companies involved. I know they're involved as well. So I don't yeah. know where it's gonna end up. <laughs> There's a good chance it doesn't end up on that. Um, mm. Paramount Plus. There's a good chance. I mean, there's as much a chance it won't. It will. I mean, yeah. But it's like um, in, yeah, just to make just to make that statement. Paramount Plus is yeah. like a weird situation for a streaming service here because it's so new and it's like Yellowstone, which is like one of the big Paramount shows. It's like on another service here, and also yeah, in America. I, think it's on I don't Stan. know. Yeah, because yeah, so, like, so like Paramount Plus is where you'll find like NCIS and stuff. Like Paramount is part of I think. Uh viacom yeah yeah viacom just, cbs which um which owns channel 10 in australia so that's oh, okay. a lot of the I american that. shows that channel 10 shows uh is on paramount plus as like a streaming option yeah but um, i just so wanted to bring yeah. it up because i think it's like it's the licensing weird. issues for these yeah. shows seem to be weird going off yellowstone so it's yeah. like oh, okay yeah. just the, don't <laughs> expect it there i guess <laughs> yeah and like um and, and like um like uh like probably one of the most notable things that is going to change is Star Trek Discovery which is a uh, was a big kind of show on Netflix it kind of launched CBS's like CBS All Access which was like their kind of their platform before Paramount Plus in the yeah, states I think it was, yeah the original it was one, like, I think yeah exactly and and Netflix was kind of the one who's like kind of co-producing it around the world and now that's going to switch over to Paramount Plus I don't know if it's happened yet here but I know it, it happened today in America so it's it's weird. It's there's yeah, a lot of I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> but I just no, wanted no, to no, make it's, it clear. It's <laughs> like that it, was a long it, segue it for that kind of information. There is a there is a precedent for that in gaming. Like let's not forget that it wasn't too long ago. Like it was like probably 2012, 2013, remember when EA launched the Origin service and pulled a lot of it and pulled all of its game from all of its new games from Steam. And then you kind of had that you know, you ha- you had people who we're used to seeing the games on Steam, and then now it was all on EA to kind of like launch this new service. And now a few years down the track, it's gone back to Steam. And you know, like there is a precedent within gaming for this stuff to happen. And Game Pass is like you know, Game Pass essentially is like kind of the the equivalent to Netflix <laughs> and, and and stuff like this in the game. Yeah, I was, you know? I was about to say it's like what if it ends up on Game Pass because Australia's got a weird ecosystem. <laughs> so it's like, I could see that. I think there's a deal with um like uh like Disney and and Game Pass as well. Like there there's definitely okay. some weird like 
deals and stuff going on there. But um, as part of this celebration, Microsoft announced that 76 new games are going to be backwards compatible on the Xbox Series X slash S. So some of the most um, notable uh, games are the Max Payne series 1 to 3, uh, the Fear series, uh, some Star Wars games, as well as kind of the classic time splitters, like shooter, uh, like first-person shooter games from like the Xbox, not X, sorry, the original Xbox era. I was about to say Xbox One. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, notably, all of these are going to have high res, run at a high resolution on on whether you play them on on an Xbox One or an Xbox Series XS, and all will come with auto HDR, which is great because it actually does a fairly decent job of making games look better. Um, and unlike what, uh, you know, Rockstar did with, you know, the AI-based algorithms for, like, upscaling textures, uh, this auto system actually does work, um, and you can yeah. look at Digital Foundry kind of breaking down some, some older games there as well, but it's, um, it doesn't seem like Microsoft's planning to, ex- quote, expand this list anytime soon. But Microsoft has said that before and then just dumped a whole bunch of new games. So, you know, yeah. if you're an Xbox gamer, it, it seems like Microsoft isn't too worried about you still holding on to old games because I think Microsoft's smart enough to know that, you know, playing an old game doesn't necessarily mean you'll never play a new game again. Yeah. It's and in fact, you probably appreciate the fact that you have all these old games that you'd like to be able to play and continue playing. Yeah, it's like a way of like kind of indirectly hooking you back into games or into certain yep. genres without and you know it's like you know play some platformer that you loved and then you're playing psychonauts mm. kind of thing something like mm. that like there's you know there's yeah. obvious advantages to it it just takes yeah. a lot more work than these companies are like capable of putting out because microsoft's been yeah. doing this for a long time so like, it's still impressive think about it <laughs> it's it's impressive that you could like go from play like putting in a disc from 2004-2005 of the original Psychonauts, finish that, have fun with it, stream it, do whatever you want, and then go over to the Game Pass dashboard and download Psychonauts 2 and yeah. just play that. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah, we were talking it's earlier cool. like about before we started. It's like I'm getting really, really tempted to get a Series S because I have the money to impulse buy it. That's a bad yeah. thing. <laughs> and they're available, unlike all the other consoles. Um but yeah, it's yeah. um a it's like one of like the backwards compatibility like updates they keep like drawing me in just like it did when they announced the series x consoles like you know it's like yeah even more upgrades for all these old games and it's like i was thinking about recently with like um the gta trilogy coming out and i was like i was realizing it's like uh with gta 4 like i love that game and the way it is currently and i was thinking it's like mm. oh when they're gonna remaster like it kind of hit me where it's like oh damn are they gonna change it they're gonna change how it plays i love how it plays yeah. and like um yeah imagine i don't have to worry about that <laughs> yeah but that's what i was thinking it's like on yeah. on the like this you know through their entire backwards compatibility service whatever you call it it's like i want an xbox so i could play gta 4 again at better like you know resolution etc like yeah. better frame rate and everything it's like it works, you know. It's like if if I want I want that badly enough to like that it's a significant part of me wanting to buy a whole new console, to, mm. and that gets me into the ecosystem. And it's like yeah. that's you know that's kind of like 100%. the long term plan behind stuff like this. Like if you look at the Xbox Series S, it's still a a more powerful console than the Xbox One X for about one hundred fifty. Like 
The Xbox One X retailed at about six fifty. The Xbox Series S, I think, retails for about under four under five hundred dollars. I'm sure around Christmas there might be some better deals. You can frequently see Microsoft advertising, you know, here's one month, here's three months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for one dollar. Or, you know, here's a, a, here's a few dollars for a few months. Like you could Game Pass Ultimate is fifteen dollars a month. You get and that's hundred and eighty dollars a year, right? Roughly. Without any discounts. You could buy two brand new games in the year and that's how much you'd pay to access all of Game Pass. However, with Game Pass, you'd have access to more than 100 Xbox games plus all the games that Microsoft publishes first party day one for $180 for the whole year. Like, if you're a parent or something, you know, it's it just becomes something else like a Netflix subscription. It's $15 a month. Hey, that's cheaper than Netflix. My my kid's gonna get a whole bunch of like benefit from that. I'll just get that. Like it it's mm. like Microsoft is has like Phil Spencer's done a fantastic job of turning the the narrative around Xbox around from being a really anti consumer, like douchey company, you know, to something that's a bit way more consumer friendly and actually pushing the medium forward by, you know, reducing the barrier to entry to to get a console um, or reducing the barrier to entry to play new games and also um, now opening up Xbox gaming via the cloud to people who don't even have an Xbox like you know you could stream Halo Infinite campaign like on your Android phone and just buy like a, a you know a $20 Bluetooth controller and have a, have fun with that you know what I mean it may not be the exact same experience but think about that you know what I mean like it's it's crazy how Microsoft is like you can be an Xbox gamer for for one dollar and using the f- the phone you already have, right? It's it's crazy. Like I'm sure this is all this all has a grand plan of like you know you're going to be hooked into the Xbox ecosystem. Let's not forget that. But it's 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 a huge difference compared to Sony, which takes four years to release a half-assed PC port of. <laughs> you know, one of its AAA games. Oh well, they've got their own purpose with that, but it's yeah, like yeah. Um, makes sense. But yeah, but it's like it's kind of it is yeah. interesting. Like it's a good time for them to have a twentieth anniversary celebration. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're they're on a bit of a streak right now. Yeah. So it's like um, yeah. yeah. Plus, um, the uh, you know the FPS boost feature, which uh like increases the frame rate of older games to sixty frames per second. And that's including um, 37 games across the original Xbox and Xbox 360, um, and 11 of these new 11 of these games are actually part of that new batch of backwards compatible games. Um, yeah, and also to kind of cap off, uh, Microsoft also announced that it's uh, going to release a six-part documentary series called Power On: The Story of Xbox. Uh, it's scheduled to come out on the 13th of December across, quote, a variety of streaming platforms are so expected on Netflix and, you know, YouTube and all sorts of stuff like that. Maybe even Halo Waypoint, if that thing's still alive somewhere. And, um, yeah, it's going to talk about kind of the story of the Xbox. And I'm really fascinated. I'm always fascinated about stories, like, around how it was, like, how the original Xbox was created, Um I remember years ago there was I think it was Polygon did a really good write up around the creation of the of Xbox Live and how that was partly influenced by 
Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, like a classic oh, okay. sci-fi book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, have a have a um, yeah, like have a read. Uh, I'm I'm definitely going to be watching that for sure, John. You know, if you do watch it, would definitely I'd love to have a chat about that on the podcast. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like not fully glorifying itself, which is enough thank, to get me interested. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think um yeah, like I think to cap it off, Phil Spencer had a quick interview with Axios and said that um you know, when when asked about Game Pass and you know like what is the future of Game Pass, he said that quote it was very sustainable and that quote it continues to grow. So don't expect Microsoft to slow down when it comes to Game Pass and delivering, like, packing more into the subscription. It's, um, yeah, like, the fact that you can get Game Pass and then EA Play bundle into it is crazy in and of itself. Yeah, I'm, um, like, I'm curious yeah. how true that is. Because it's, like, yeah. it's something that people have been doubting ever since they started it. It was, like, just how much money they're losing. I think there's, like, yeah. been reports that they are losing money. I don't know. But they might yeah. not be. Like, I think there might have been rumors more than... Uh, reports yeah. but um and yeah I'm just, math, i don't know yeah. it's like him saying that like i think he always says it i think this is yeah. more of a reiteration reiteration but well, it's let's um, be, like if we look at the financial results of the xbox division like um like it's making money for microsoft yeah i was yeah. very happy with xbox so clearly it's working and i think maybe like maybe phil spencer's like when people talk about oh you know what about the potential revenue you you lose from a day one purchase? It's like maybe a lot of these people weren't gonna buy the games anyway. So now we've potentially got players experiencing a game that they weren't gonna play anyway, and all these games are packed in with battle passes, season passes, and premium content that we can make money off that they can't get anywhere else. Yeah, so it's like um, yeah, it's like pros and cons to the system, like to this, like yeah. the game pass set up from the very start and it seems to be more on the pro side <laughs> ultimately you know yeah. like you're losing yeah. out on certain income revenue like your streams of revenue man but yes yeah, so it does seem to yeah. be working out better than i personally yeah. would have expected i think for how much yeah. they're adding to it so yeah my, my whole thing is i want to i want to understand more from like the point of view of someone like an indie dev you know like i want to see that expose happen and well yeah. it's like i think there's been a couple like the one who made that um oh yeah, I don't remember what it's called because I haven't played it. It's like that one about like that um, voxel-based like dwarf one, <laughs> that shooter, the dungeon uh, crawler sort of game. Uh, I'm pretty Rotten sure it... Gal- Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm pretty sure it was them for, like a uh, six months ago or so. Like it was a while yeah. ago now. I think they were pretty happy, right? Yeah, exactly. Like they were like, yeah. uh, and they're not the only developer to say so. So it's like yeah. I don't know. I'm just very. I- I'm yeah. I basically included that little quote in our show notes, basically, because it's like I'm curious about how how true that statement really is and but at the very least it really does seem to be working which is kind yeah. of good really good for developers like and it and it worked with microsoft like had like has had a lot of success with converting you know windows and microsoft office into services rather than you know box products that you buy once in a while uh, to something that you just pay every month or you pay a whole chunk every year and like and then you're kind of like stuck into the ecosystem, and like it, it's just it's just affordable enough that you can justify it without thinking about it. <laughs> that makes it sound so much more sinister than <laughs> we've yeah, been adding it. That's what Game Pass is. I don't Pass like is, that. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but you're right. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and you know Adobe's done that and stuff like that. Like people might say, oh, but I don't own the products anymore. It's like people don't remember that. Like if you wanted to buy Photoshop, you'd have to spend like six, seven hundred dollars, and that was usually like the education pricing. A full version of it was like more than a thousand dollars. Yeah, remember and that? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that story with the Adobe yeah. where it's like you could like fly to America, buy it there, come back, and it's cheaper than where you're getting it here, <laughs> like yeah, Photoshop. Like, you don't have those things anymore. Yes, you pay $15 a month or like whatever it is Australian for the photography pack. Gives you Adobe, Photoshop and Lightroom. But, you know, like if all I wanted was that, why am I going to spend hundreds of dollars and then next year my version is obsolete because there's a new version that I have to upgrade. I have to pay like a $200 upgrade fee or whatever or I have to buy again. You know what? Like you probably do end up getting, you probably end up, spending less in the long run if you do can i don't know like the math checks out has checked out in people's favors in terms of you know like if you actually break it down what you're paying for is an experience why not get it through a subscription and why do you have to have the disc when uh you know when i just want to play a game and not have to worry about is this game worth $100 or something? I can just try it. I'm sure indie devs must benefit from that because they can just go on Game Pass, people play the game, and instead of getting a refund through Steam after two hours or whatever, like Microsoft just says, hey, you've played this game, we'll give you a chunk of money. Mm. Or like they've downloaded the game, you get a chunk of money. If they didn't download the game, you don't get anything. Like I'm sure there's deals like that that are working in favor of the indie devs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's... I'm. I remember hearing that, like reading those original reports and going like, "Oh, I'm like actually happy it's not. It's already so positive for these devs. Like we'll see how that lasts in the long run because there's like, yeah. there's like you know obvious flaws, potential flaws. I mean, that you can find with a service like this. But it's like, of course, I'm I'm very happy something like this is working and is like yeah. a positive, you know, change in the industry. Yeah. So, and it, and yeah. it's a d- and it's a proper differentiator versus PlayStation." which is still very staunchly traditional in terms of, like, the pricing model. And, you know, like, PlayStation doesn't have an affordable version of its console this time around. And I think people are fine with that. Like, Sony's definitely having success with it. And and the, the consumers have definitely spoken, like, people are willing to pay more than what the console is retailing at to get the console. So, mm. you know, um, like, Microsoft has taken the other way. Um, like you know, trying to make the barrier to entry lower and cheaper, and it, it's clearly working. So both models at this point in time are working. So you know what? I guess time will tell. By the end of this generation, we'll find out what survives. It's like it's yeah. I think we've spent a bit, a lot of time <laughs> on this. Yeah. I think of, um, but yeah, basically, it's a net positive. We're happy. Let's yeah. let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe John will get an Xbox by this time next week. We'll find out. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I, re- I don't want to. <laughs> Black Friday. <laughs> Do we have that much here? I thought it was always Boxing Day. Yeah. Oh no, it's um. Yeah, trust me. We it's getting bigger and bigger every every year. Like, like I remember, I'm buying a, a PS4 like Slim. You know the standard one. For two hundred and eighty nine dollars. Okay. Like that, I can. 
I don't remember how much those cost anymore. <laughs> they were four fifty. Oh wow! Like, they okay. were four hundred bucks. So, um, like you know, now that the chip shortage and stuff has kind of changed it, and you know, the amount of people who are like stuck in lockdown with kids probably meant that there were a lot more people buying consoles. Mm. So the pricing didn't <laughs> didn't need to go back down to that price, but you know, a five hundred dollar brand new console is a, is is a big is is actually a, a good deal for parents. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, please, as always, uh, if you want to respond to anything we've talked about here, I think the main question I'd like to ask people at home is, you know, with something like let's talk about Halo Infinite, a free-to-play multiplayer shooter, versus a Battlefield, a traditional you know, kind of boxed multiplayer shooter. Do you think future AAA multiplayer shooters will exist? Um, you know, do you think, do you agree, do you think that maybe Battlefield 2042 should have been a free-to-play game? Um, do you think it'll survive versus something like Halo or Apex or Warzone? It'll be, it'll be interesting to know what, uh, what everyone at home uh, thinks. Definitely. Write into podcast at doublejump.co with your thoughts. Always, always appreciate, uh, you know, whenever we get some feedback from, from everyone at home. So please do write in. John, it's it's been a, a long episode. Yeah, very I long. do thank <laughs> you for bearing with me. <laughs> yeah, we're talking for a while this time. We yeah, always do, kind uh, of, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot to go through as well. A lot happened this week, not just in gaming, but also like in pop culture in general. And I'm glad that we... I'm glad that I got to uh, have a chat and talk with you. Like, as uh, when I saw you had seen James Bond, I was like, "Yes, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I definitely downplayed how long it would take, uh, how long I'd take to get through the Activision stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's, uh, yep. you, you don't know until you're in it. That's that's just the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a better idea now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, until next time, everyone, head over to DoubleJump.co. Listen to all of our awesome content, including the multiplayer article we mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, you can also find links to all of our social pages. And yeah, if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing or following us on your platform of choice. And yeah, until next time, look out for one another. Peace. Bye.